Oh my, come on, what? are you shitting me? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, nope. No. Nope. Nope. That oh, is not allowed. He no. <laughs> got. God damn it. I got God excited. No we... one's going to believe this is a real episode. We're on a time crunch. All right, go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Boom. We're live. What up, kids? <laughs> hey, everybody. Episode 118. What? He got the episode right. Yeah, I missed the we... countdown. He got the episode right. Shit. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. It's only because we recorded last night. He read so. the itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> what up, everybody? We got an amazing episode. We talk really in-depth about sobriety. We get to know a little bit about the band that is going on tour. And it was just a really fun overall conversation um, that we had to have with my high school buddy, Sam O'Feely, the drummer from... The heavy new metal band, Saving Vice. Vice, baby. So, so yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, we're gonna get right into it. I'm having testicle issues, so we're gonna we're gonna hurry up because I'm in pain. So this is like my flu game. Steve's shaking his head. <laughs> All right, <laughs> here's Sam from Saving Vice. <laughs> Bye. Hello? Yo! Yo! Oh shit, hold on, I'm not plugged in. <laughs> hey! Can you see my face? If no. your face is just a black screen, then yes. <laughs> Stand by. Alright, Sammy. Uh, hold on. Hey! Sammy boy! What up, homie? What up? What's good, guys? How you been? Good. good. Man, how about you? Dude, you guys got the world in your background, bro. Yeah. I got, I got the whole world in my <laughs> hand. Dude, Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Sammy? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I've just been fucking grinding, working. I'm still in. Uh, I'm still in the area, dude. Well, not right now, but yeah, I'm yeah. still in Massachusetts doing my thing. Fucking. What about you guys? Shit. Same stuff, dude. Podcast work or a lack the of for us right now at the moment. Um, and I'm getting married in two weeks. I know, dude. I'm so bummed I can't make it no. to the wedding. <laughs> you're good bro you're you're on tour and shit it's literally how it is like i like i'll be home for like six months and like you know i won't get a birthday invitation but the second that i find out we're going on tour the letters start coming in weddings (laughs) fucking whatever dude fucking i like yeah it's just how it is so just one of the things about being in a band you know no worries man i'm like i said it was just more more or less being like yo come through bro if you can yeah fuck yeah is uh, it's gonna be a good time, but um, yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I'm mad happy for you. And uh, as soon as I'm back from tour, we'll have to like link up all three of us, do something cool. For yeah, sure. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck that'd yeah, be man. awesome. Yeah, Sweet. that'd be cool. So what? What's up with you, Sam, bro? How how you been, man? Like I know you're probably crazy with shit going on, but give me some insight on you, brother. Oh man. Um. So well, since the last time we talked, um, 
I mean, like the biggest things is uh, I switched careers, so I'm working at a, um, so I'm still sober, so that's sick. And, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So I think when we did our podcast, I was only like a couple months in. Yeah. If I remember. Yeah. What are you? Correctly. What are you at now? Almost a year. Dude, I'm at like three, three years. Holy shit! That yeah, long ago. Yeah, wow. We talked to him like two years ago. I thought yeah, we talked last year. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. so like two, yeah, two years ago. So I was like a year sober when we talked last time, and so it's cool that. I'm still sober and the podcast is still going. We're all fucking crushing it. That's yes, sir. Awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah, Congrats, but, um, Sammy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. No, thanks, man. But no, yeah, I've been, um, I switched careers. I was doing the construction for a long time. And, um, you know, after I got a couple of years of sobriety under my belt, I wanted to um, kind of dive into that field a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, I ended up finding High Point Treatment Center in Plymouth. And mm-hmm. um, I ended up linking up with them and I uh, got in pretty easy. And I've been working there ever since. And I friggin' love it, dude. Yes, um, awesome. I don't Good know if you, you remember, but I how I used to play in that gent band with Mark Allen, High Point. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was funny, like uh, playing in a band called High Point for a little while, and now I'm working at the place that the band was. I think the band was named after that place because I'm pretty sure Mark worked there for a little while. Wow. Dude, that's full yeah. circle, bud. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I'm crazy. saying. I I joke about it all the time, but yeah, I saw yeah. that you um you were working. There. Did you post that on Facebook or something? Probably. A while yeah. ago. I don't. I, I don't have Facebook anymore. But I'm. I know. I saw her when you. Excuse me. When you. When you said you were working there. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I made a poster too when I first got hired there. Um, you know, it's just it's it's awesome, man. All the people that work there, it's like everybody cares, and it's like, you know, it's just a really good group of people, like just trying to like fucking beat addiction, man. And uh, yeah, I'm just really grateful to like be a part of it. Um, you know, I fucking love it. That's beautiful, man. That's great. So, yeah, dude. So what do you, what is like a normal day for you there? Like, how, how, like, what do you do, bro? Um, all right. So my building, um, we have three different units. There's, um, one unit, which is, uh, the detox unit. So a voluntary detox unit. So like, that's when, you know, like they come in voluntary, like, you know, they want to attempt sobriety, get sober and stuff like that. So we have the detox unit there. And then, um, you know, after the, like, um, they complete like two weeks on the detox pro- program. They'll switch over to a separate unit, which is called CSS. Mm-hmm. And um, so they go there for further treatment, figure out where they want to go afterwards, whether it's like a halfway house, a sober house, uh, and just get more more time, more sober time, like, you know, in a safe spot where uh, they don't have like the temptation looking around the corner and shit like that. Um, so that's those two units. And then we also have the Section 35 unit, which is... um you know, involuntary. That's where like, you know, the family will go to like the court, get them in there, something like that. And I mainly work on the section unit these days. And um, I like that unit a lot because um, like the detox unit, for instance, they're only there for about like two weeks and then they either leave, go home or they switch it over to CSS and then they'll be there for maybe like a month or two. Mm-hmm. But on the section unit, they're there for a minimum of 30 days. So it's like, I really get to know everyone uh... there and, you know, I like really like kind of build relationships and, uh, you know, hopefully point them in the right direction and stuff like that. So, uh, I spend most of the time on the section unit and, uh, I love it over there. Like the staff, like, again, the staff is great and, um, you know, it's just really cool to get to know everyone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool because, you know, it's like music has always been my number one thing. Um, and it's like, you know, I'd get home from a tour and I'd be putting on the work boots and I'd be going to like a construction job and like, yeah, nothing against uh, construction or anything like that. It's just not for me. So it's like it's just really uh, refreshing to know that I can go out and do my touring, and then I can come home to a career that I really like and enjoy. Um, you know, yeah. 
So, um, yeah, man, I'm fucking stoked on it. It's been cool. That's dope, dude. That must yeah. be like so fulfilling and like, you know, being able to like help others and them helping you. And yeah. Like, and going back, so I, I forgot you totally asked me what like a, uh, like a normal day is. So, um, you know, basically like, um, you know, I'll walk in, I'll, I'll do the sh- shift change and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we do like the hourly wellness checks, you know, we take them out for the smokes, we, uh, get them anything they need. I take them to groups. I host, I actually host some groups too, which is really cool. I, I, I do a little drum meditation every now and then. Hey, hey. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I attempted to do a couple karate workouts. Um, I'm going to give that a go again, but, uh, that one's a little, a little iffy, but, um, you know, they all love the drum meditation. So I, I do that as much as I can, um, you know, do like read, read through the big book and, um, basically I'm, I'm a support specialist. So it's like, literally I'm there to support them, whatever they need. Um, you know, and, um, I'd say like the hardest part of the job is like, you know, just like, there's just so many people there, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I actually surprisingly, it, it's funny cause before I started working there, I've always been really bad with like faces and names and stuff like that. But, you know, working there, it's like, you know, it's like at this point, I like, you know, I, I go there, I know the names of like 90 people there. And it's like, you know, I've built relationships with all these different people. So it's like, it, I'd say that's kind of the toughest part. Cause it's like, you know, you want to treat everybody with the same um support and everything like that you know so mm-hmm. it's like you know I, I do my best to like you know make sure i know everyone's name before i even meet them so i kind of start off fresh with that and then you know just get to know everybody and just do, do the best to support them and you know be there for them um and i i enjoy it a lot but uh you know once i uh get home i'm gonna hopefully get into some schooling because i want to um ultimately end up becoming a clinician there and then once i'm a clinician i can actually really get face to face with some of these guys and you know really help um dig you know deep. push them in a dig deep push them in a better direction than i i can right now i'm kind of limited to exactly yeah. what i can do um but you know having the clinician under my belt that'd be that'd be really cool so uh you know we'll see how that goes um it's like a year of online schooling which i can totally do um you know i, I almost signed up for it before this tour but um, I just didn't want to risk it, you know, the, it, mm-hmm. with my luck, the course would start before my sound check and, yeah. you know, I just, I'd be like the bad student. So I don't, I don't want to do that. So I got to make sure I play the card. Right. But you know, you go. yeah, that's man, fucking, that's fucking sick, that's man. Dope, man. It's cool, man. I like it a lot. You know, like, again, it can be really like, it can be really draining, um, mentally, um, you know, cause it's like, you know, the sad reality about addiction is, um, you know, not everyone, you know, not it. everyone gets it. So it's like, you know, sometimes it can be a little hard on in that aspect, but uh, it always makes it worth it when, you know, it's like you're with someone on the section unit for up to 60 to 90 days and then they go to a halfway house and then a couple months later you see them come into a commitment and it's like, you know, you just, you can just tell by looking at them, they got some sobriety under their belt. And yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, it's really cool seeing like, you know, it's like they come in looking a certain way and then after they get a little sobriety into the belt. They just start glowing and like, you know, that makes yeah. it all worth it to me, you know? That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now are you, are you at the, uh, the Plymouth one or the Taunton one or I'm at the Plymouth one. Yeah. Oh, it's shit. Awesome. oh dude. It's awesome. It's like 15 minutes from where I'm at. Um, you know, I, I can't rave enough about the staff there. They're fucking awesome, man. Like literally everyone there is just like the nicest person you'd ever meet. That's um, so, so how did you get, how did you get put into that? Like, uh, opportunity? Well, I, um, well, like I said, I was doing construction for uh, for a while, and it kind of got to a point where I, I was just over it, and um, I wanted to do something in the field of sobriety, and I didn't even think there really was anything, so it's like, 
on a on a whim i kind of just went on google and i just typed in like sober jobs and uh yeah. <laughs> you know i literally <laughs> i did that and then i just like you know i was browsing around a lot of places you need a degree and stuff which i don't have and then uh it was actually kind of funny because um when i came across recovery specialist i'm like oh what's that and then I'm like reading the description and it's like, you know, usually they're asking for like a degree and like stuff like that. And on this one, all they asked was a high school diploma and preferred experience in uh, <laughs> substance use. So I was like, oh, I got plenty of experience in substance use. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, so I actually got in there pretty easy. Uh, you know, I, I had a couple uh, close people, uh, you know, throwing some recommendations and, uh, you know, mm. it was like, it was like a week of online training. And then I actually went into the building, had my first hands-on day. And, you know, after that, it was just fucking butter. And do they, um, do they give you like flexibility with like you being on tours and all that shit? Or is you have to put time yeah. in? Is is it yeah. easy? Um, I'm again, I'm, I'm so friggin' blessed and grateful. Um, you know, when I, when I first had my first interview in person, um, you know, I was speaking with the supervisor and I, I, I was kind of just straight up like I'm a, I'm a touring musician, you know, it's like when I'm here, I'm here. Um, but you know, every, every now and then I'm going to go up for a little bit and, uh, you know, luckily they're really cool about it. So, um, all I got to do is, you know, put in my two months advance and, um, they're like, okay. And then I come back and get back to doing my thing. So, um, you know, I'm sure that won't be as easy to do, uh, with the clinical role. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's stuff I need to look into, but, uh, that's another thing I like about being a recovery specialist is I get a little of that freedom, but, uh, luckily, um, you know, that we're all on the same page and they're really cool about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, no issues, man. I think the worst thing for worst thing that's happened so far is that I had to, you know, um, pick up a couple different shifts when I come home, but like, you know, it's nothing major yeah. at all. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm wicked fortunate, man. They're all wicked supportive. They're all cheering me on, you know, they're, they all awesome. follow the band at this point and stuff like that. So yeah. Hey, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Now, can I ask a question? You don't have to answer if you don't want to, Sam. How, well, while working there, do you find that it is, it's helping you in your own recovery? Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I learned from them more than they learned from me. Mm. Um, you know, they, they are a mirror of myself. And any person I see there, like I, I see me like five years ago and, um, you know, it's like, um, there's a lot of bad stereotypes about addicts and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we're just trying to break that stigma. <clears throat> um, cause you know, there's a lot of really smart, good people that have come in there and, uh, you know, it's just like, we all have these vices, man. And, uh, you know, um, but yeah, man, I learned a lot from them for sure. Um, that's awesome. You know, yeah, you know, um, you know, a lot of them got me into like the Bible. I never re read the Bible or anything like that. And, you know, a couple patients there, a couple clients there have uh, inspired me to get into the Bible. So I've been reading that a little bit. Nice. And, uh, you know, just just self-care, man, just like, you know, self-betterment. And, uh, you know, it's like. It's like, you know, as draining as it can be, sometimes it's like it's, you know, there's two sides of the coin. It's like, you know, there's parts that can be stressful, but there's a lot that can be very rewarding. And, uh, you know, the reward part is just like it's just amazing. And I'm just uh, I don't know. I love it, man. It, I, I finally found my niche, man. And uh, I'm just really, really stoked to be a part of it. Oh, brother. Proud of you, bro. Thanks, oh, yeah, dude. And that's dope. Yeah. That's good shit. Yeah, Word. for sure. Word. Well, thanks for coming on again, dude. I know it's been a while. Um, very excited to hear all this like super positive, fucking amazing shit that you're doing for yourself and for others. That's fucking badass. Um, 
But we also want to know how the fuck the band's doing. Yeah, you know. Um, so, so talk to us, bro. How's how's Saving Vice? How's how's the family there? Oh, it's fucking stronger than ever, my guy. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, two years ago since we talked, a lot has gone down. Um, mm-hmm. you know. But just the constant grind, man. Uh, I think the last time we had our podcast, we were still dealing with COVID stuff. So, like, we were still, like, kind of doing that internet band thing. Um, so, uh, you know, since then, you know, we just kept kept doing what we had to do. Um, and then, you know, later in 2021, we finally kind of got a couple shows in. Um, you know, we packed out the Jewel. Um, I think that-, that was our first comeback show. I think uh, that's the one me and Cam went to. Yeah, you guys you were guys there. Took, yeah, yeah, you took that huge picture of everybody on stage. That was so lit. Dude. Yeah, I was wearing the Joey Jordison mask. <laughs> yeah, yep, but, uh, yeah, that yeah. that was sick, dude. Yeah, so that was the comeback show. Um, we did that, and then I think we had like one or two more gigs by the end of that year. And uh, uh, once twenty two, once twenty twenty two hit, um, is when we finally buckled down and started setting up some touring and stuff like that. So it, it just feels so good to be back on stage, back touring, seeing all the fans checking out the new places and stuff. Cause you know, for every, everyone in a band can, uh, you know, agree that 2020 and 2021 were pretty fucking whack years for the music industry. Mm. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, the band's kicking ass, man. We got some, uh, new music in the works. We, uh, we're excited to get back on this tour. Um, you know, we're checking out California for the first time. We've got a couple other States we haven't hit yet. Um, now we're also going back to, you know, like Arizona, Utah, those are some of my favorite states. Florida, you know, we got a cool fan base down there. Um, but yeah, man, band's been freaking great. Um, you know, we got a couple of announcements coming up soon that I can't really mention on here just yet. But, uh, you know, all in all, man, things have been great. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been oh. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously we had some fuckery happen with... um a couple of tours the past couple of years, but you know, yeah, <laughs> we were going <laughs> to, we were going to, we were going to get into that. Um, yeah. if, if you want to talk about it or not, we, we heard about the bullshit that happened. Um, we would love a background story. And if, if you want it off record, we'll take it out. If you want it on or don't give a fuck, I would love to hear about it either way. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start from, um, you know, we'll start from the beginning. So we had the born dead tour, um, you know, Lil Xan, dropout Kings, us, and, um, you know, we had that set for a couple months and, um, we, uh, flew down to, well, we, dro- <laughs> we drove down to Texas cause, um, we wanted to attend So What Fest to kick off the tour. You know, uh, Zan was playing, uh, one of the stages, Dropout Kings played, they fucking killed it. And, uh, so we, we went down to Texas cause we wanted to be a part of So What Festival. And, uh, the day we got to Texas, um, it was a Thursday and then the first day of so what was on a Friday, I think. So we pulled up on a Thursday, we show up at our Airbnb and, uh, you know, everything's good. And, um, you know, a couple hours later, we just get that, that horrible email from our manager, just like Zan dropped off the tour. So, uh, and that was literally like a couple of di- like, you know, he was supposed to be at, so what festival, like the next day. So it was just a really sudden thing. And, um, on top of that, uh, the next day when we went to go to So What, we found out that our transmission blew in our van. So that mm-hmm. was another whole, whole like a, a lot of emotions happened at once. Um, you know, now one year later, um, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but for me personally, it's like I know that Zan has had his uh issues with addiction, and um, you know, I know that um he was newly sober for this tour, and um, you know, I can't speak for him or anything like that, but 
you know, from what I've seen, like, you know, I, I feel like a part of his reasoning for bouncing off the tour was because um, I, I, uh, I think it might have affected his sobriety, um, you know, because obviously touring sober is hard, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I, I can uh, attest to that for sure. Um, so, like, personally, you know, it's like, you know, if, if that's how he felt, like, you know, if it was like dependent on the sobriety, it's like, you know, I, I can't hate him for that, you know. Um, you know, obviously it was upsetting, um, tour got, you know, blown up over it and, you know, all that shit went down, but, uh, you know, all in all, at the end of the day, I hope the dude's doing good. Um, you know, I wish him well. Um, but anyway, it, it's like, you know, with the van, ha like, like Zan dropping off and then the van transmission going, um, I'm just glad that we were able to save what we could, you know? So I, like for anybody mm -hmm. listening that doesn't know the whole thing, it's like, we had a, we had a tour set up with Lozana dropout Kings and Zan jumped off the tour last minute. So dropout Kings ended up saving the tour and we, we wanted to stick it out with them as well. Um, but unfortunately we, uh, we blew our transmission when we got down to Florida. So it was like Memorial day weekend. So we, we couldn't even get it inspected until like the following Tuesday. So that's like a good, like five days right there. Yeah. And then, you know, it took a week to order the transmission. So we were we were flopping back from hotel to hotel, fucking all that craziness. Um and uh we finally got our second transmission. Uh I'm sorry, we, we got the, the new transmission and they ended up installing a faulty fucking transmission. Oh, nice. So we went through two transmissions in Texas, um, all while we're trying to save this friggin' tour. You know, we we're um, we're feeling bad for dropout kings because it's like you know they're out doing the thing saving the tour and we're stuck stranded in texas not able to like help out and do shit so yeah. um you know it's fucking brutal but you know um you know me steve i always try to look at things in a positive light so like oh, yeah all that shit we went through on that one tour like then this was our first tour so like yeah, that's, <laughs> that's tough, bro. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, man. So like, it it was really a proving grounds thing, you know. So like, just us like getting the fuck out of Texas, and then at least being able to hit like, I think we hit like four or five dates. We got like the last four or five shows, um, before the tour was over. So like, we were at least able to salvage a couple dates. Yeah, and like just the fact that we went through all of that, and then we're able to still like get the fuck out of there and still like make it up at a couple shows, um. You know, it's just a big proving grounds thing. And, um, you know, coming back, being home, like after dealing with all that, like all the tours we've gone on since have been a cakewalk just because like all that, like every bad thing that could possibly happen, happened on that first tour. Mm -hmm. So now like, you know, dealing with anything we deal with now, it's just like, you know, it's just like, like that first time meme, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like it. As, as tough as all that was it, it just made the band stronger you know so mm -hmm. it's like you know um you know now we're able to handle these things with like a little less stress because it's like you know we already dealt with all of it so um you know not to you know um throwing anyone under the bus but it's like you know um you know what recently happened with uh the hellbender tour um you know they dropped off last minute it's like yep. it's kind of like what dropout kings dealed with with zen um but, uh, you know, again, no hard feelings on them. It was like, you know, it's what they felt was best. And we're just glad that we were able to salvage the tour. And, um, you yeah, know, we're going to make it happen. And uh, we're all excited. We're all in good spirits. And, uh, yeah, man, it's pretty fucking sweet. That's a crazy story. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, it's pre- it's pretty nice. That's not all the details, but no, I'm, I yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's <laughs> I'm sure there's more to that, dude. And I'm oh, sure man. I, I I'm sure it fucking... took you some time to get very positive about it, especially um, during all that chaos. Oh yeah, for sure. And like you know, that was I was very I was only like a year into my sobriety at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was like the first time I was out on the road, or maybe the second time I was out on the road sober. So like that that time, like you know, there were like with all that stress, there were a lot of moments where I was like, man, I could, yeah, I could walk over to that bar across the street right now, and uh, you know, but you know, we we made it through. Luckily, um, you know, one of my other bandmates is sober too, so it's like yeah, that makes things a lot easier. Nice. Um, nowadays, think it's it like you know over time with sobriety like at first it's really hard you really got to be careful with like you know where you go and you know like you know your habits and shit like that um but as time goes on things get easier so like you know i've I've noticed like the last tour we did you know is like just 10 times easier than the first couple uh tours we did when i got sober so um you know it's a lot it's a lot easier these days and um you know, I'm stoked. It's just cool for me because, like, you know, I used to get blackout drunk all the time, and it's like, you know, I couldn't enjoy my, I couldn't enjoy uh, any band memories because they're uh, they're all in a blackout. You know, so it's like, mm. I'm just grateful that I can go out to all these different places, meet all these new people, play all these new stages, and um, you know, wake up the next day with a clear head, ready to hit the next one, and actually, like, you know, remember the good times we had, and not have to worry about something stupid I said or did or anything like that. You know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, it's it's all good in the hood. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. As for sa- yeah, again with saving vice, man, we're all we're all doing very well. Um, we're kicking off. Um, well, we're not kicking off the tour with it, but we have a headliner show on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, right up the street. And um, you know, the guy who owns the venue is like the coolest guy ever. We like randomly met him um in town like a couple of years ago, and he owns a venue here. So like. For the past like two years, we've been talking about setting up a show, and uh, you know, it's finally happening. So, I'm uh, I'm wicked stoked that like where we're at right now, it's like a it's like a small college town area, but it's like everyone yeah. knows everyone, so it's like always good vibes. Like you know, every time I come here, I see like the same exact people at like the shops and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it'll be cool to just see everybody like crowded into like one big room and hanging out and shit. So that's dope, and that's this Friday, right? Yeah, it's on Friday. We're playing at uh the Unihog in Hoosick Falls, New York yeah uh, yeah we got our we're get we got our friends and promises on set on the bill um oakhart those, those guys are really good too um no highs has seen yes yep yeah. um yep those guys are on too those guys are the shit i haven't seen them in fucking mad long either um so i'm wicked excited to see them i always love playing gigs with those guys that's dope dude yeah yeah when i first joined saving vice a lot of our gigs were with them so uh it'll be cool to hit the stage with them again that's fucking so sick. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah, so dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead, Batch. Um. Yeah, man. I I don't really um. Like, so what would you say? Like, when you, so, when you guys go out on on the road and shit, like, what is like for you personally? Like, what is the hottest thing? Like, is it staying sober? Is it like being away from like family? What is like the toughest thing for you being out on the road for that long? Um, well, you know, obviously I miss the family. Um, you know, I, I miss my girlfriend a lot. Um, you know, the, her cat, our cat, um, you know, I, I'm like FaceTiming her cat literally like every single day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, mainly family and, um, 
you know, all that stuff. Um, but again, it's like, you know, I've been working for this like for so long. Yeah. Um, that like, you know, I, I always like, I, and, and again, I always try to look on the bright side. It's like, you know, we're gone for a month, not gone that long. So it's yeah. like, I'm just like really just, I just, I'm in the moment and I just enjoy my time. Um, I think like, you know, all in all that, like the hardest thing about being on tour is like what happens on tour. Um, you know, it's like, you just never know, especially when you reach Texas, bro. Fucking Texas eats bands alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, you know, like, band, it ain't our friends Chiefs say it's, it's alive. It's like, you know, like, yeah, man, it's just like, you know, I love Texas so much, but anytime we fucking pass that state line and I see that welcome to Texas, it's just like, I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen to the van this time? You know? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so man. it's like, you know, it's, it's just like anxieties about that. That can be hard and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like, you know, obviously missing the family and stuff but again it's just i i just really i love my time on the road i love traveling and seeing new things so it's like you know yeah on, it's really not that hard for me you know yeah so how do you manage as a fellow sober person like how do you manage staying sober when i know you have someone else in the band who's sober but like you know how do you combat that because there's temptation everywhere when you're on the road yeah um you know yeah um well sobriety in general for someone that's getting sober like who's newly sober the biggest thing i can't stress enough is like you know you can't you can't do the same shit you were doing you like um you know it's like literally i used to fucking like i remember on it was one of my birthdays and I, i wanted to be sober and i fucking showed up to the local bar with a coffee (laughs) <laughs> i literally did that bro everybody's chilling it's like dude you're drinking a fucking coffee at the bar like like so it's like i bring that up every now and then to my uh section unit it's like you're either gonna show up to the bar with a coffee you're either gonna leave with the coffee you're gonna throw the coffee away and get a beer you know it's like mm-hmm. so it's like anybody that's newly sober you really need to change your routines you need to change your habits you get to change literally sometimes who you talk to and where you live yeah. i had to switch towns you know i was living in pembroke if i didn't leave pembroke i'd probably still be out there partying yeah you yeah know? a lot of, a lot of people like, there's, a, there's so much that goes into it yeah um but all in all it's you literally i don't have to, i don't like to say you have to change yourself you get the opportunity to change yourself mm, right. keyword you know what i mean so being on tour coming across like you know it's like you know, like every single night I'm going to be at a place that sells alcohol. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first year of sobriety, I was fortunate. Like, well, I don't want to say fortunate because like, you know, it was a pandemic and it sucked and it was horrible. And like, you know, everything about it was horrible, but some good um, came out of it. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't think I would have been able to handle myself going on tour at that time, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So by the time I started touring, you know, like, the first tour I did, I, I maybe had like a year under my belt. And I remember it was really hard for me on that tour um, just because it was like the first time I was actually in bars and stuff like that. Because, yeah, you know, I like even after the pandemic ended, I wasn't going out to the bars or anything. So like literally my first time in a bar was like saving vice gig. Um, so like, you know, what I do personally, it's like I have my jobs within the band. So it's like, you know, when I get to the gig, it's like my first priority is getting all the equipment into the venue. Mm -hmm. And then I take my time. I set up my kit exactly how I want it. And I put it where it needs to go. 
and um that eats up about two hours whatever i deal with the sound check it's like you know it, it's honestly pretty easy for me at these shows because like because you know i got my my stuff going on i'm staying busy and stuff yeah, like that right um so it's more it's more so like the downtime after the show it's like i i stay away from the bar it's like i'll hang out like you know outside smoke some butts hang out with some fans uh kick it at the van you know do my thing um I, j- I just can't surround myself like I like I'll I'll run up and I'll grab a Red Bull, you know, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But like I just can't like that because those were that's where I love to be when I was active and drinking. I love to be yeah. at that bar table. I just love talking, mingling with people, fucking getting hammered. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's like I, I'll never sit my ass down on a bar stool at one of those places. I'll stand right up. I'll go get a Red Bull. Thank you. Here's a dollar. Walk away. Right. Um, you know, but it's all about just changing your mindset, like, you know, you're, um, it, but mainly you got to literally just change yourself. You got to look within yourself and, um, you know, really see what your triggers are mm-hmm. and, um, you know, be aware of them. And, um, you know, it's just a day, daily, daily thing, man. Just keep working at it. You know, it's like Rome wasn't built in a day. So it's like, you know, you, like even now, like I'm, I'm three years sober, but it's like in the grand scheme of things, that's like nothing, man. Yeah. It's like, you know. Right. I like I just do it one day at a time. So it's like, you know, I tell it to the section pe- the people on the section unit all the time. It's just like, you know, you got the same like, you know, it's like we're both sober right now. I just got a couple extra days than you, man. And it's a mm. literally the daily it. thing. Yeah, man. One day at a time. And, you know, just it's been really um, it's a it's been a really great experience. Just like, you know, just I've learned a lot about myself since I got sober and um. Mm-mm. I can actually like shine and be who I truly am instead of like faking like someone who I'm not, you know? Right. Um, Cause I spent a long time just like, you know, being someone I'm not. Yeah. Um, and you know, every now and then like, it can be stressful. It'd be like, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I do want to tell like as, as an alcoholic, like yep. I think this is what the hardest thing is about staying sober. So it's like, I'm three years into sobriety. Mm-hmm. The other day when, um, you know, we got that bad news regarding the Hellbender tour, my first thought was, I'm going to go have a beer. Yep. Like, oh, that's yeah. just the alcoholic mindset. It's literally yeah. like any triggering, stressful situation. The first thought is always going to be, Oof. I want to go use. I yep. want to go fucking sniff a line of coke. I want to go drink a beer. Whatever Absolutely. it is. And, like, the hardest part about sobriety, I think, for and I think the reason why a lot of people relapse is because, like, like they just can't shut that off they, they, they well it'll never get shut off right it it's like they they succumb to it it's like you know they they let that stress get the best of them and right. then you know and then they wake up the next day just like fuck i i just threw away three years of sobriety because i felt like shit now I, I still feel like shit over this thing but it's like it doesn't solve the problem you know um yeah so it's like over time like and like i said this is not a daily thing it it, it takes a lot of time and it's like you're always going to have those thoughts but like like my mind it's like respond to them exactly so it's like when that happened like that instance that 15 seconds where it happened where i had that first thought i want to have a drink i just like kind of like just like it's like oh that was there just like and then you know just like switch over to what i learned and it's just like you know like i have a really good i I have a really easy time accepting things for what they are now Mm -hmm. so for instance with that hellbender tour dropping like the first thought i want to go have a drink but then you know, just put my hands down, ground myself for a minute, and then just be like, yo, this is God's will. It's like that it just wasn't meant to happen. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. And then I just it's freeing, you know? Yeah. 
you know so it, it it's like you know it feels good and then you know it's it's cool because like then after I, w- I was able to link up with the guys and it's like we were able to take all that shit that just happened but turn it into something else mm-hmm. yep so it's yeah. like you know it, it, it everything works out man it's like you know i could have i could have just gave up on my sobriety right there and gone and got drunk and like not figured out a problem just fucking drank it away and just you know woke. Yeah. i could have woke up the next day all hung over just like it's you still know, there and it's still there and yep. but instead you know it's just like hit up my boys fucking you know talk it out and talk it out come up with some ideas and fucking make a move yeah and uh that's just how it is. That's how the music business. Like, this isn't the first time we're gonna deal with this, and it's not the first. Like, yeah, not the last, last time. That's gonna. It's not the last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just how it is in the music business, and um, you know, it, it can make it really hard. Like, there's like being being in Saving Vice is harder than any job I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can't imagine doing anything, but you know, yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely not, a labor know, of love for sure yeah dude you know <laughs> fucking and yeah, uh man. i don't know it's like I'm, I'm slowly like learning how to like fucking like enjoy all that shit you know so it's like yeah you know it's in a fucked up way it's like you know i i like the game it's it's a fucking yeah. big game of chess dude and i like it you know yeah 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 um but I'm just like, again, I'm just really thankful for like, you know, the guys I have in my band. It's like, you know, we're all fucking brothers. It's like, you know, we're all on the same page 90% of the time. Um, and it's like, you know, it's like we always joke. We call ourselves saving shambles because we always end up in a pile <laughs> of shit. <laughs> way out of it. <laughs> That's dope. Hell yeah. I want to yeah, um, yeah. mention something that I thought was really powerful. Um, well, two things. I like how you you use the word opportunity to change yourself mm-hmm. instead of have. The two words yeah. there is have or opportunity. So yeah. I really like that, and I think that's something um, I just wrote it down because I thought it was really powerful. Uh, the other thing, um, my dad, I believe he's twenty five years sober. Nice dude. Something that's like dope. that, maybe more than that now. Um, and him and his wife, they are both sober. And there's something that like always sticks with me that they said, and you kind of said it, you said it exactly the same thing is, is when you have that, um, that thought, you know, that first morning thought like, or like that first initial thought to like something happening and your anxiety kicks in and you goes, well, I'm going to go have a beer to fix this. Mm. And you said, quote unquote, Sam, you said, oh, that's there. But then I moved on. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought my dad and Aaron they both told me this, they told me this like tool to use for any type of thought that's, you know, intrusive, I should say, um, is to say, okay, thank you. I acknowledge that that's there, but I'm going to find an alternative or I'm going to do something. So thank the fact that your brain processed that it's there because you're not ignoring the fact that you do want to consume that. So you're thanking yourself for what being aware, but then you're moving forward to, to acknowledge that is to to make the next step that you think is the right and ultimately is the right choice so you're not succumbing to that you know addiction side and i thought you said that exactly how they said it and i was like well that's fucking perfect dude when you were like oh that's that's there yeah like yeah man um yeah my girlfriend taught me that one when uh when we were um when we first met just like she's uh she's really good at that stuff and she basically just like you know when when you're feeling that way like be aware of it and like let it let it go like just like like look at it like as a passenger like like you know mm-hmm. from the outside and just like you know let yourself feel that shit and then like you know just work your way through it and 
Yeah. You know, so it's, um, you know, I props to her for teaching me on that one. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. I, uh, I use the, um, the phrase that I'm white, white knuckling it. Like one of, one of the guys that helped me get sober, I would call him like if I had like, you know, I'd have those thoughts and I'd be able to handle them, but sometimes I couldn't. So I'd call him and I'd be like, Hey man, not having a good, like 10 minutes here. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what kid, you're just going to have to white knuckle it for the next half hour or so till you, till you work your way through it. So that's yeah. like, you know, you know, you just sit there squeezing something. So like, you know what I mean? Just yeah, I, fighting that. I, uh, I used to keep candy in my pocket cause yep. you know, I have, <laughs> I have a bag of sour patch kids in one yeah. pocket and a bag of Swedish fish in the other pocket. Duh. You know, because we want to trick those receptors. Yeah, exactly. You know, we want that reward. Um, yep. I did that for a while, yeah. But um, you know, you always got to have someone to talk to. Like, you know, exactly. Like, let's, you know, let's say you didn't call your uh your guy, and like you just like let yourself be in those feelings for X amount of time. You know, it's like I'm sure that out. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. It's like I'm sure that you were able to get through it a little more just from hearing him say those words of encouragement, and like that's why I'm like. I appreciate a so hard. Cause like, you know, everyone needs like, just like someone to talk to, you know, um, yep. you know, it's like, like I told you guys before my girlfriend and I got sober at the same time, same exact day. So it's like, she's always had me to talk to about stuff. I've always had her to talk to about stuff. It's like, you know, there's no way I would have like been able to continue the sobriety I have right now. If I hadn't had her to be able to like vent to and like, you know, express my feelings to and stuff like that. Cause yeah. um, you know, we, I don't think anybody can really, you know, should have to do this alone. Nobody should have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many different outlets out there. Um, so many support groups, so many fellowships, you know, it's, uh, Oh yeah. Endless opportunity, man. You know, um, you know, I, uh, I don't go to AA as much as I'd like to, um, me either. You, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got a couple of my own reasons for not going, you know, it's like, um, just kind of restrictions uh on my personal side right now but um you know i can't i can't vouch for it enough i think everyone should at least uh give it an honest give it shot. A shot yeah and i'm sure, not man. saying a shot like go to a meeting don't say <laughs> shit and then drink a cup of coffee and then never show up again no you know go for saying? like a like, month or two and like go, talk and yep. talk it out and go for two months speak a little bit mm-hmm. and just connect with one person there yep Give it a month, and if it doesn't work out, then, you know, try something different. But uh, I'm sure that within that month, uh, something will click, and they'll, they'll like it, you know? Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of this education. Like, you know, working at High Point, it's like I get a daily dose of recovery. Right. But um, in a way, like, I, I don't know how to really put it, but, like, I don't want – I don't want to – depend on high point for my recovery like you know it's like i want to mm-hmm. be there and just like do my best job but it's like i want to have like my own wait 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 like recovery thing on like outside and yeah. it's like you know and it goes sort of like like saving vice is one of my recovery outlets you know it's like i get to fucking play my drums and do what i like everyone needs to do stuff they love it's like i actually watched a, um it was like a reel i saw on facebook the other day i forget the guy's name but he was like you know like and I agreed with it. Like for me, like I love the adventure that came with the experimenting with drugs and the alcohol. I love like going to parties, not knowing who I was going to see it. Like it was adventurous mm. and it was fun. 
Yeah. The thing that sucks is that that fun ended up turning into me friggin' not being comfortable in my own skin, nobody liking me, me burning bridges and turning into a liar, you mm-hmm. know, like, like, and as many other people can relate. So, like, another thing that I vouch for a fuck ton at my work is that you need to, like, you got to do something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to have a sense of adventure in your life. You can't just, like, you know, like, put the bottle down and then just friggin' chill and watch TV your whole life, you know? Right. Like, I think everyone needs, like, a sense of adventure and, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, something that they can do and, like, something they would do and enjoy without somebody watching them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I got my karate, I got my drums, and those are my two big things that I like to do. And then, like, you know, um, you know, I was doing the fashion thing for a little while. I gave that a go, and I'm still passionate about that, you know, um, you know, I, everyone, I think everyone just needs to have their own little thing, like a healthy thing to do with your time to, you know, and then once you keep doing it, you'll get better at it. And then like, as time goes on, you're going to just stop thinking about drinking less and less. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, you couldn't pay me to fucking have a drink now, you know? Yeah, no, me either. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, no. I still, I still think about it like you do, like. Yeah. You no, know, something yeah. comes up and I'm like, ooh, a vodka yeah. Red Bull sounds real good right now. Especially yeah. like planning a wedding and shit. Like, I'm like, oh man, I could really go for a fucking beer. But yeah, one drink is too many and a thousand never enough. <laughs> mm. That's it, man. That's it. That's it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, I like how you called it an outlet. I think that's yeah. the best, like, the best term for it because, like, I have this and I have hockey and, like, that's like my, you know, if I'm like feeling a certain way, I'll like dive into that. I'll dive into hockey. I'll dive really deep into this and like start like, you know, hitting a bunch of people up and trying to get them on. And like, you know, just something to take your mind off of that, like Mm -hmm. constant, like nagging that's in your head. Like just have one, just have one beer. It'll be fine. I mean, whatever it is, what it is, you know? No, it's it's like, like, um, yeah, literally like, I'm sure you can agree with the hockey. It's like, you know, it's like, like I'll be, I'll be caught up in my thoughts yep. of something negative. Then I'll go to a karate class. And, and then gone. being in that karate class, I have my mind occupied on not getting kicked in the face <laughs> or like punched <laughs> exactly. in the stomach and like, you know, I'm being active, doing my thing. By the time I leave that karate class, I'm laughing at the fucking like thoughts yeah, I was having. Think, it's like, yeah. why was I stressing over that? Like, yeah. I, like, you know, it's like, then it's like, you just feel refreshed and like, and like, you know, yeah, man. It's just like you gotta have healthy stuff to do. Um, we yeah. say it all. We say it all the time. It's, it's like yeah, the movement. You say it all the time. Yeah, about the movement. Like that's the that's movement the biggest is key. thing. Yeah, it, it's yep. like it's movement is just so powerful, and it's like like we step on the ice. It's that meme we talked about it all the time. It's like third time you step on the ice. All this noise is chattering in your brain. Then you step on the ice to play hockey, and it's gone. Oof. Gone. And then the same with me going to the gym. I I I step into the gym. I put my headphones on. I start lifting. Boom, everything, all the noises are gone. And then I leave. And even if I'm good for like two, three hours, it's two or three hours. I don't have to listen to those thoughts anymore. I found mm-hmm. that outlet that works for me. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, I want to get I, into meditation more because I guess like that's huge in recovery, too. And yeah, um, it is. I, I, I have a hard time meditating and I uh I really want to give that an honest shot soon. Um, yeah. And start doing that. Yeah, I've, like, I've tried it. Like my ADD won't let me like sit still for that long. Yeah, for but, anybody listening too, if uh, 
if you're not huge on AA, there's another um, form of, um, you know, another fellowship called uh, refuge recovery and it's meditation based and it's Ooh. more of a Hindu Buddhist practice. Okay. So uh, I think that stuff's all over. So if anybody's listening, wants to check that out, there you go. <laughs> Have you done that? Or is that what you're talking about? Like trying out instead of doing the AA route? No, that's, that's what I want to try out is the refuge recovery. They, they come into my work every now and then. Um, and I, I mainly saw them when I was working on evening shifts for a little bit. I'm back to doing my morning shifts. Like, you know, how okay. I was saying every now and then I'll like come yeah, back yeah. from a tour, get a switch up. There was one tour I came back from and I had to snag evening, a couple evening shifts for a little bit. And I actually enjoyed them a lot. If, um, if, if it didn't collide with my girlfriend's work schedule, I'd, I'd probably stick with the evenings. Cause like, you know, you get to see a commitment every night and like, you know, a bunch of other yeah. cool stuff, but, um, but yeah, the refuge recovery shows up every now and then. And, uh, they're really cool, man. Yeah. And like, you know, they do a bunch, they like, there's like so much out there. It's like, you know, there's even like a a group of sober people who do uh, like marathon running type stuff. They're called like the Boston Bulldogs. Like they literally just like meet up in downtown Plymouth and they just like jog around. It's like, you know, there's so many different things. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's so many different outlets. Like, you know, like I'll probably end up doing like a drum meditation, like fucking thing. Oh yeah. Okay. So what is, what is that? Like, how do you, what is, talk about that for a minute. Like explain that. The drum meditation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I've only been able to do it with a little bongo about, like, yay, hi. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, normally you got a guy that's got, like, a bunch of big, like, bongo drums. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, like, kind of like a meditation thing where it's, like, you know, you just kind of, like, close your eyes and you just kind of go with the vibe of the music. Yep. And then just kind of, like, you know, just, like, you know, get out of your thoughts and just listen to the drum. And, okay. um it's yeah I, i'm so it's still... just a group of you guys yeah yeah like it? so so most of the time like every like so like in a, a regular like drum circle meditation group thing like i think like most people who do it it's like they'll have everyone have their own little drum mm-hmm. um yeah. and like you know like the guy leading it it's like they'll they'll start it off and it's like you know they'll just like kind of follow in tempo all right and, um kind of do that thing but um for what i've been doing is since at my work, there's only one little mini bongo drum that I found in like a closet one day. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but what I do is I, I sit down and I uh, get everyone in there and I just basically tell them, close your eyes, breathe out your nose, uh, breathe in your nose, out through your mouth. And um, I just like slowly just get into it. And then I, as like, you know, as time progresses, I kind of build it up, get a little more intense with it. And, you know, it's kind of, just kind of freestyle it. And, um, you know, and then at the end, kind of cool it down a little bit, and then like mm-hmm. kind of just go at the tempo, slow the tempo down until it's nothing. Then tell them to open their eyes, and they're all just like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking dope!" Now, how's the the? They scene? love it. They, yeah, they 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 love it. So I uh I definitely want to like I really want to try to get my hands on like some company that makes a bunch of these little drums because like I I just don't have the money to personally buy a bunch, but I'd love right. to get my hands on someone that would be willing to like donate them to uh to high point because that'd be so cool that would be oh, that would yeah, be dude. dope now yeah. do you, what's the scenery like when you do those is it dark in the room is it like how uh, do you make I, it i do I, I i like i said i i'm doing morning shifts so uh you know it's like a big day room um you know we got blinds that go down but it's pretty it's pretty bright in there you know it's kind of hang out we got a bunch of like uh like big couches they all just kind of hang out that's sick yeah man yeah it's cool that's yeah. dope that's, that's so yeah dope, yeah man yeah, I love it. Now, I got to watch out on the coffee, though, man. They they have coffee going there 24-7. Oh, yeah. oh boy. 
Oh yeah. Oh my god, I was averaging like five <laughs> cups of coffee a day before I left my shift, bro. Holy shit! I, uh, yeah, that's yeah, coffee. Dude. Oh, coffee man, and donuts just... are so big at meetings. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'll never forget that. I never, oh, dude. So I, I literally, oh man, I don't know if I told this story before batch at all, but or if I said it exactly with the three of us before, but I literally, my dad used to bring me to his AA meetings like when I was young. I'm talking from the age of like, I don't know, three to fucking seven, somewhere around those lines. And literally, all I remember doing is when he'd ask me if I want to go, I get so excited. Cause I didn't know Coffee what the fuck donuts, we were. Dude, that's all I cared about was the donuts, dude. He's like, Steve, your mother's working in Quincy. We gotta go to this thing. It's got donuts, and I, I was sold. I was so. That's where my donut addiction comes in. Some yeah. Freaking <laughs> AA that's, meetings that used to go awesome. with my dad. Um. <laughs> that's but yeah, best. yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. Um, there's an awesome meeting right in downtown Pembroke that I used to go to a lot in uh, 2018, and I haven't been there in a minute, but I gotta go back. People there are so fucking. Where nice, is it, man? It's right at the old um. The church. The old community. Yeah, the old commu- No, it's not the church. It's like the old community building, the brick building, like right next well, to the basketball bingo. courts. When they yeah. played bingo. The brick building they just tore down. Oh yeah, did they actually tear it down? At oh, this it's point? gone. It is completely. Oh, gone. all right. So yeah, I'm that's the sure old what... bingo hall too. Yeah, so, yeah. Right, I didn't know they actually destroyed that yet. I feel Bro, fucking bad, man. Dude, it's gone. Uh, the whole. It's been like. I think like three months. They already tore it completely down. They're wow, starting, I'm gonna man. have to go fucking check that out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, that sucks. I feel bad. I hope they found a new place like in the, in the general area. Cause that was like a meeting they had going on there for a while. And that was my favorite one. Cause like, you know, I, I love the young people meetings where it's like, I can connect with people who are more my age, but, yeah. uh, dude, I fucking love those old timer meetings too. Though. Oh, they're the yeah. best dude. They got yeah. some awesome war stories. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, cause like, like when I, like the first meeting I ever went to was there and, uh, you know, it was after I got in some trouble in 2018 and, um, you know, I, I just went there and I, I got to know all these people and, um, you know, it's usually at the same crowd there all the time. Like even like two years later, when I got some sobriety under my belt, I went over there and I hung out. It was like all the same crew and stuff like that, but they yeah. always had, they always had the best donuts. They always had the best coffee and Ugh. it was sick because like they'd start it out with a beginner meeting and then they'd switch it over to a commitment meeting at 10. So it's like, you oh, know, nice. I, get, I get to do the beginner meeting and then I get to see like new faces come in for the next meeting, like every single week. And it was really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, my uh my union hall does them um in Dorchester every Sunday. And nice. it's like not as like it's not as formal as like, you know, your average meeting where like they do like kind of the same stuff, but it's more like it's a bunch of construction guys. So it's not mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're kinda it's like you know, they got a gong. And like, if you're talking for too long, the guy will ring the gong and tell yeah, you to yeah, shut yeah, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's awesome though. Like, and it, and it's cool having that because like, you can relate to the stresses of work with guys that like you work with, mm. where like you know the foreman's up your ass and he's being a piece of shit and like everything else, and you're like, I just really wanted to fucking wring his neck and then go have a beer. Like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, I felt that way last week too. Like. Yeah. And it, it's I like that it's on Sundays too because it gives you like a a fresh start for the week. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And it's big uh, facts. Big facts. Yeah, it, it's just cool. Like, and anyone can go. Like Steve, uh, Sam, you guys could just walk in there and they'd be like, "Hi." <laughs> like, yeah. Hell yeah. You know, it's dope, man. It, it's cool. It's really really cool. And they like, you know, for the first you know a couple times I went, I was one of those that just kind of sat there and didn't say anything because I was like. I don't really like want to go spilling my fucking, you know, because you don't want someone to use it against you. You know what I mean? 
when you yeah. first like meeting people and shit and like especially yeah. where trust it, trust could... issues bro yeah. i have the worst trust issues ever yep. like even to this day i have a hard time being vocal in an aa meeting it's just like you know like this guy gonna freaking tell his buddy about <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what uh... <laughs> i you know the stupid shit i did four years ago like yeah exactly yeah you know but... so but you get comfortable with everyone and you know people kind of come up to you and like you, you, you're kind of like welcome part of the family pretty much yeah absolutely like right dude. off the bat so it's like it's just the best and it was like the best decision i've ever made in my life was putting the bottle down and it's oh, been yeah. awesome how how long uh how many uh years you got at this point three uh, uh so we're at like the same time yeah right That's... around when uh it was like right around when covid hit yeah i was like oh perfect timing i might as well like i'm stuck in the house i might as well just stop drinking so dude I th- I think I think um covid was like there's like two sides of every coin it was really good for some people but it was also really bad for some people it's like you know it's like yeah. not to downplay our sobriety cuz it's like you know if we really wanted that drink we could have gone fucking to the oh, liquor yeah. store and just brought it right back home they so were essential like, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah but uh it was it was very uh comforting knowing that even if we wanted to go to a bar we couldn't Right, exactly. That was yeah. like the big thing too. It was like, well, I know if I like went to the liquor store and brought home an eighteen pack and drank the whole thing, my fiance is gonna be like, "The hell are you doing?" Like, yeah. I'm get judged heavily. Whereas at yeah. the bar, if I drink eighteen beers, everyone's like, "Yeah, this guy." Like, yeah. Oh man, dude. By the time I was done with my, uh, by the time I was done with drinking, I, uh, I couldn't even comfortably drink in a bar. Like my, my yep. uh, paranoia got so high that like let's say like i didn't want people to know i was drinking so like even my bandmates i didn't want them to know that i was out having beers or anything like that so it's like we live in different states and i was going to a fucking bar and i'd be looking over my shoulder to make sure oh my god dude (laughs) yeah like that's how i was fucking living bro and like that's wild man it's not a way to live man yeah so it's like you know fucking nah yeah dude I buzz. I don't miss that shit at all, man. So it's so much better just living sober, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that can drink and be totally normal that don't have this disease. But man, for people yeah. that do like anybody listening, that's like really struggling with, uh, with addiction and alcohol, just like, you know, give it that honest shot, man. Like, you know, you know, even if you, if like, you know, if you think you need, like, I didn't really know much about detoxes growing up. I always like had that stigma, just like, Oh, that's for like heroin addicts and stuff like that. Right. Like, yep. You know, like for anybody that's not really familiar with detoxes, like there's some really nice facilities out there. A lot of them take your insurance and, um, you know, you can get some really good treatment um, out there voluntarily. Yeah. Um, and, I you know, did, it's uh... like I, I wish I knew about High Point when I was struggling with my addictions, man. I would have fucking mm. I would have freaking jumped at it uh, i would have jumped at it real quick well actually no my my family would have sectioned me before i had the chance. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did outpatient for mine oh yeah yeah so yeah, i could I... still go to work and shit and like there you go yeah it worked for me i don't I don't know if it would work you know what i mean everyone's I, um, different so yeah I, I i had to do oh i had to do some court-ordered outpatient classes but that's that's basically all i had to do but uh yeah no i never got involved with anything like that i wish i did but, um, yeah, it was really helpful. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I only went for 30 days, but it was like, it was awesome. And no, then I obviously 30 days, started bro, doing, that's huge. Yeah, and then I started doing the AA meetings and shit like that. Nice, and, dude. 
Yeah, I don't go like you. I don't go as often as I should. I haven't been in probably like six months, but you know, I probably sh- I should probably go. Dude, fucking once I get back from tour, let's hit a meeting together. Yeah, I'm down for sure. Dude. Cool. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Steve, you can come eat the donuts. I'll fucking yeah, eat Steve, those. Steve can come and eat the donuts. <laughs> these, are my, these are my dad's uh, bringing back some childhood memories. That's awesome. Uh, I wanted to talk about your, your biggest fucking fan, your biggest support system, dude, Kelsey. Kelsey. How's that going? She's great, man. Yeah? Yeah, we're doing swell, man. We're still yeah, going strong. Is it three years, the, four years? When is the how, wedding, buddy? Yeah, come on, man. How long have yeah, you been together now? We're all we've doing been, it. Come on. We're coming uh, We're coming up on four years in July, man. Holy fuck, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, you, four man. years. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Um, And it's great to know that we've now spent more of our relationship together sober than we did. Yeah. Fucked up. Fucked up. That's awesome. That's it was so like awesome. it was a it was a pretty short lived thing with the drinking and uh our relationship. It was only maybe like six months. Yeah. That's cool. And uh yeah, man. It's been great. She's great to me. She's awesome. Um just her birthday the other day? Yeah, she just oh, hit the twenty yeah, she just turned twenty seven the other day, man. Whoa! Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday, Kels. <laughs> oh man, she's she's too old, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no nah, man, yeah, we're doing good, man. We stay low key. Um Yeah. You know, we get to see each other like, you know, four or five days a week. So it's like it's cool, oh, man. Dope. You know, we, we have like the same work schedule, so it's like, you know, when she's out of work, I'm out of work. We meet up, we hang out, we do our thing. Um, you know, we don't really we don't go out much, man. We we're very easy people. <laughs> we just I just got a Nintendo Switch a couple weeks ago, and uh, oh boy, pretty man, pretty heavy into that. So yeah, my uh, fiance's yeah. got one, man. She's oh my god. We were playing yeah, Mario dude. Kart like during COVID, and we were up to like four in the morning sometimes, just like <laughs> nonstop playing Mario Kart. That was, that was literally so fun. literally the band last night, man. We were up till like at least two playing Mario Kart. On the thing That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And, like, I never stay up late anymore. It's only when I meet up with the guys here. And it's like, you know, it's it's funny because it's like when I'm home, like mm-hmm. I'm in bed no later than like 11 and then I'm up Same. at like six. Yeah. When Same I'm here. with Saving Vice, I'm up to like two, three in the morning and then I'm sleeping to like 10. Like so weird. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like slept to like 930 today and then I still managed to like take a nap like a couple hours ago. Like they, they're always like ragging me for sleeping so much. And I'm like, it's so weird because I do sleep a lot when I'm here. But like when I'm back at home, like I'm like constantly up and like you know it's it's just weird. It's just like two different lifestyles. Like that is oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, are you guys flying to California or are you driving? Oh no, man, we're driving. You're driving out there, yes, sir. Oh, I'm guessing you you're savages. leaving right after the New York. Uh no, so we're playing in New York on Friday, and then we're gonna crash here Friday night, and then I think we're gonna spend Saturday just like you know. If we need another quick, another quick rehearsal before we leave, maybe. But then just kind of pack everything up, make sure everything's golden. And I think we're planning on leaving either on Sunday or early on the tenth, which would be Monday, because we have uh, three, days, three days. Yeah, three days of driving. I think we can manage that. But you can I, do it. Yeah, I, I was just avoid like, Texas, buddy. I've done it yeah. three times. You got it. <laughs> I uh, I like to play it on the safer side, you know, leave it like a day early just in case yeah, there's any yeah. fuckery, you know, um, mm, but I, I think we'll be fine. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. We got the band. We got uh, we got our boy Evan on photography. We got a girl, Taylor, doing merch. We got a packed band ready to cruise to Cali, bro. Dude, that's Fuck so yeah. sick. Dude, I, I got to ask you. So you're going to Tucson, Arizona, right? 
Hell, hell yeah. Dude, you think you do you think you'll hook up with Cody Glemmy? He's over there? He's in Arizona, bro. No I shit. don't know what part, but I've been talking to him like crazy the last like six months or so. I haven't seen him since Warp Tour 2018. I ran Jeez. him with <laughs> arm there and I, I, I set it up. I Dude, fucking love Cody, bro. He's been living the sober life too, man. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's been living the sober life. He's like a uh, like a chef or in a kitchen, something. That's like nice, his whole dude. thing, bro. He's yeah, he went through some him. hard shit. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in sober life. I don't want to fuck that up. But anyways, my whole story was, dude, if you're over there, I got I'm gonna text him, dude, after this and be like, yo, you gotta go see Sammy. Yeah, tell him to hit me up, dude. Cause I don't I, know I, what I think he's in Tucson exactly. Yeah, I think I tried looking for him on Facebook once and I couldn't find him. I don't know if he like deleted it or like. Well, he changes what? his name to like Dark Lord. Yeah, he had like a weird all the time. name at one point too. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, I like, because I, yeah, because I made a new Facebook a while ago, and then when I was adding people, I thought of him. I'm like, oh, he had a fucked up name on a fucking. Facebook. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> on Instagram. It's Desert Bat thirteen thirty four. All right, cool. Oh, I just looked be, it up now. He's got to be somewhere in Arizona then. Yeah, <laughs> he's dude. He's oh man, he's one of the coolest guys, man. He's a yeah, he's a, guy, he's a good kid. No, he's always been a great dude. Even like you know, as I I met him fucking like sixth grade, dude. Fucking, right. Yeah. He's just always been a really good dude. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, funny to, bastard. <laughs> I think I went to high school with him for a little while. Yeah, he was in Silver Lake for uh, yeah for like two for years, I think. Maybe yeah. maybe less, but like. I just remember that fucking mohawk, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I miss was... Foy's mohawk. Foy's oh, was the dude, best. Foy had, fucking... fucking... had the best oh, mohawk. Oh, God, yeah. Until <laughs> someone did, cut man. it. That Remember yeah. that one year someone cut his fucking shit? Yeah, they just cut off one end. It was Yeah, one end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pieces of shit. Yeah, I know. Fucking oh, boy. Motherfuckers. That's, that's grounds to get fucking punched right in the fucking teeth. Yeah, it was just those douchebag jocks. Yeah, oh, they yeah. all. Bull- I remember. I think Mike DeCosta got piss thrown at him out the window once, dude. There was yeah, a I was, I was, I was with him. You know, Where you? So yeah, funny. see, I was with him. I felt bad, man. We were walking down the. <laughs> fuck- yeah, we were walking down the road. Fucking. Next thing you know, friggin' a bottle gets thrown at him from a car going like fifty miles an hour, yep. and then we just keep walking, and like five seconds later, it didn't even hit him, and then he stops. It's just like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "What the fuck?" But nah, yeah. Crazy dude, times, man. It, it's so funny, like that like those those kids got picked on but like if it ever came like push came to shove they would absolutely kick the ever-living fuck out of any of those kids that believe oh absolutely them. oh i like, confronted a shit ton of them but yeah it's like it's fucking and and they don't do nothing about it like bullies are so, oh my god i yeah. fucking hate them it's the fucking yeah. worst dude Oh, dude, I, I can't imagine how bad it is these days, too. Just from the stuff I've seen on TV, I feel like it's even worse now than oh, it was the when internet? we were in Like, you don't have to say something yeah. to someone's face anymore. Like, you can just... Sad, man. <laughs> dude, yeah. I'd put my hood on, go to class, go home. I'd be, like, so antisocial. Yeah. I'd be like, nah, I'm good, dude. My mental health doesn't need this shit. Yeah. I, had a, I had a teacher tell my parents that, like, I thought it was a good thing. I got a comment. You know they did, like, the comments on the report cards? Yes. Like, mine said... For like four out of like six of my classes, it said like lethargic in class. And I was like, holy shit, that's so cool. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I get home and I'm like, mom, look, I'm lethargic in class. And she's like, that's not a good thing, you idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's it mean? And she's like, it means that like you're like lazy and just like sit there and don't talk to anyone and just whatever. And I'm like, why would I talk to half of these people? Like, I don't like them. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know they're your friends and stuff like that i'm like yeah for what 
four years and then they're all going to leave and like it's not going to be anything anymore. Yeah. Like it was, and she was like, a 15 year old should not have this, like, like that outlook on high school. Yeah. Like, you know, but I just like, wasn't, I don't know. I just wasn't with it. I was just like, this is pointless. Like this is dumb. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for, for me and like, you know, like, like Steve, you were there, man. Like right when we got into high school, that's like when I first got into the band thing. So like, Oh yeah. You know, Mark King jamming with him and like all those guys fucking. You, Mark, those, Cam. Yeah. yeah. All those yeah. fucking guys. Yeah. Oh, they, that, we, we had our own little fucking quadrum of fucking people, dude. We had we a, did. we had Motley a posse crew going on. Oh yeah. my dude. There was like, everyone had long hair. Half of everybody had trip pants, chains, yeah, spike awesome. bracelets. Like we were all our own individuals, but then we'd all like chill and skateboard or just fucking walk around and people yeah. decided to figure out what smoking cigarettes were behind the rock like dude, yep yeah just good good fucking... dude, i'll never i'll never forget when i first started smoking cigarettes there was five dollars even for a pack dude yeah dude, yeah they're like that, 13 bills bro sam yeah, crazy stupid, yo man. do you remember when i was smell selling uh mob reds i think i do i dude i was bought some off you dude facts no i was literally my sister bro my (laughs) sister was the plug literally i'd give (laughs) i'd give her six dollars she'd go buy me a pack and how many cigarettes come in a pack 21 20 20 20 20. i'd sell them to freshmen for two bucks a piece because they would be like like oh i want to be cool and then i'd sell i'd sell them to anyone else for a dollar and then my friends would be 50 cents do you know who my number one buyer was Boy. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yo, dude. No. Can I just get a butt, man? <laughs> My man, Feezy. Yo, he's I killing. Fuck. He's killing it, man. He just got his own house. Get fucked. No way. Yeah, he got his own house. Him. Him and his I'm girl so Morgan. proud of this yeah, kid. Him and his girl Morgan. They've been together for like ten years. Six now. years. Fucking yes. Ten years, ten, bro. Ten years. Holy ten fuck. Ten fucking years, bro. And they got like a dog now and stuff. I gotta go visit him when I get Where's home. Where's he living, bro? Like Pembroke still? Or... He's in Plymouth. Plymouth. Yeah. No shit. That's, yeah. that's last time I, I see him i saw him like two months ago at uh stop and shop but it's always that quick like yeah stevie k what's up he's my fucking guy dude he's awesome dude dude i'm yeah. so proud of him because he was with that girl kelsey for a while too right like oh. right at our high school Kerry. Kerry, shit yeah Kerry. they were together for like two years or some shit and then he dated morgan and uh, they like married and shit or no, they're not married, but they might as well be. They've been together for a long time. You know, they're no they're shit. doing their thing, man. Yeah. He was one of my favorite dude. He was just he still is just so real and just himself, dude. Like yeah. he, nothing, nothing affects. He's like, yeah, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't see him enough as I'd like to. I don't see anybody enough as I'd like to, man. No. Um, You know, it's like, it, yeah, it's like, like I was saying, man, once I got sober, I, I got out of Pembroke and I really just like spent that first year, like. Just like honestly avoiding like so many people and it's like yeah you know, you know it's like me and foy we're always cool we're always gonna be cool yeah but it's like when, once i got out of pembroke i like kind of stopped going around like you know to all those guys' houses and yeah, stuff for a little bit just because i knew that if i went there i'd have a beer like um but uh yeah. you know i i just swung by his house like fucking like uh like a month ago and uh it was cool i got to catch up with him and morgan and stuff like that no shit. hang out yeah so it's like you know we're all like we're all still like good friends and stuff like that and uh you know once like you know hopefully i can start re- hanging out with everyone a little more often than i have been because uh you know it's not Dude, totally to, you know it's like for me it's like like with my sobriety it's like like i was telling you guys like i was like a big social drinker i loved going out 
Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I hated being home and I hated being by myself. Yep. But I was like always just like going out looking for that adventure. Like mm-hmm. and it just always ended up with me being in trouble or fucking, you know, me regretting it like a bunch of shit, whatever. Um so like a big part of my recovery was like learning how to be okay by myself in my room. Yes. And that's, it's like that speaks recovery for all aspects, I think. That was yeah. that was me in twenty twenty. I fucking locked myself in my room. I fucking became a boss at programming music. I became a boss at like learning how to make website. I just kept myself busy doing all these things. Like I started break loose for a little bit. Yep. And like, I just did all that stuff just to keep me occupied. And like, you know, then once COVID ended, I kind of got like pushed out to like, you know, going back out to do stuff and everything. And like things have been kind of getting a little more normal since. So, but yeah. I just, re- I really needed that time to just like get the fuck away from everything and just Same like, here. just do me for a little while, you know? Oh yeah. That's, that yeah. was like, that was like the biggest blessing of that lockdown was like, okay, like now I, now I have to, I have no choice. I have to learn how to sit here alone. Yeah. Granted, I have my fiance with me, but it was like, I can't, where am I going to go? I can't go anywhere. I can't like go see people. Yeah. So I'm like, I had to like, it was like forced on me and it was the one. Sometimes like, that's, what, that's what we need, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? It was yeah. The way you just described it was like, it was perfect. That's exactly how my head was. It was like, well, I guess we're going to learn this one way or another, huh? Yes, sir. (laughs) Figured it out, man. Yeah, man. I I think for, and for someone like me who doesn't struggle with like an alcoholic addiction or anything like that, I, you know, with my own mental health issues, I think going back to like just getting out of Pembroke, getting out of your town. For me, that was something that was like it had to happen as well. Yep. Like I, I was, I left for eight years, and then now I'm back, but like I'm a completely different person. Yeah, but yeah, dude, I'd love I, to move back to Pembroke at this point, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, I miss right? it so much, dude. I cruised fucking, I cruised like the Harrogate the other day, man, and just like just hanging out there for no a little shit. bit. It's like, dude, I miss Pembroke. It's such a good town. It's just like you know, yeah, I just, man. I just caught myself up in bullshit and like, you know, I, sometimes you just got to get out for a little bit to get through it. And like, now that I'm like, you know, through it and doing my thing, I'm definitely confident enough where I'd love to move back to Pembroke if given, given the opportunity. Cause like, it is a great fucking town. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, a good, <laughs> it's a good little town, man. I, I I was running around Mattachusett what, two days ago, just doing a workout, the fields, just in the nice, baseball, dude. just like fucking getting outside. And it's just like, yeah, I'm blessed to be able to go two minutes down the road and be able to just like run around a field and yeah. not worry about fucking loud noises and shit. Bum fucks Absolutely. coming up to me and like ask, asking me for shit. But like, there's nothing wrong with that. But to a point where I just need my own cl- clarity, like Absolutely. it's just like something that helps. And I mean, I lived in Stoughton for a long time and, and that was like, that was some crazy ass shit I went through there. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a time. That was one hell of an apartment I lived in. Wow. Uh, but anyways, yeah, dude, that it's crazy how like moving out can really like p- depict like what your next step in life's going to be and open up that because you are you end up being alone with yourself. And this is like, you know, sobriety aside, you, it's 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 cool to see like what we're capable of when we are alone. Yeah, we're, ca- we're capable of a lot more than we think we are. Uh, that's yeah, when we for get, sure. That's yeah, when we get challenged. And a lot of people did get I was I was one of the people that during the pandemic, um, nothing really changed for me um besides yeah, going to the store and... i worked the whole thing yeah. like 40 plus hours if not 50 60 hours a week because yeah. it was just i i was working retail in a pet store and they that was demanded to stay open so it was like okay and 
Nothing really changed. If anything, it helped cure my uh, my germophobia. That's for sure. Because I'm a super big germaphobe and mm, being yeah. around sick people is not something I'm used to and like. And when that happened, I was like, oh, well, if I could survive that shit, I'm I'm gravy, baby. <laughs> Life throws challenges at us. Um, yeah. But I did want I did want to mention something. We we're talking about bullies and the biggest way to save and protect yourself is is to learn some sort of like mixed martial arts. And I know you're huge into karate. Oh, yeah. um, and oh, yeah. I I know you did something not too long ago. That's a huge, huge, huge thing in the karate i don't i'm sorry dude i don't know shit about karate but didn't you like receive or do something that was very big like you hit a milestone like a blue belt type situation i don't i don't know what i'm talking um, about um i got you promoted. did like a show so i got promoted to um my third degree black belt uh Crazy. around this time last year um so that i did that and then i also you might be thinking of a competition that i participated in and um that was cool that was like the first karate comp i've done since i was like a kid and i walked out of there with two second place trophies so that's god damn better than nothing dude. yeah yeah it, it was it that's was fun an accomplishment man, I, man. that's yeah, awesome I, I was pissed about the uh so I, I i did kata and i did sparring i got second place in both with the kata i fucking killed it but one of the moves is a hammer fist so it's yep. like it's like that my Hit, uh, my fit it slipped out of the hand so it was like a it was like a brush not a oh no like, oh. A, like that and as soon as that happened it's like you know it's like playing a song like get alive it's like the you chord can't just wrong. Like, yeah. it's like you just say so you fuck up you do it and then you just get back into it but as soon as i missed that hand thing i was like oh that that's, that's just it. gonna take that's it Fried, Fucking, huh? yeah so like it was i was i was, I was kind of bummed about that but nonetheless it was it was a really fun day and um you know, it was cool that I was able to walk out there with a couple things to bring to my sensei. Um, Fucking sick, yeah, man. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's been sick. I I, I love it. Um, you know, I've been doing it my whole life. You know, the dojo opened up at the boys' club. Actually, it's the boys' and girls' club now, which I think is cool. Um, but in Pembroke Center, that's where I started off, and um, they actually moved the dojo right into uh, Hanson, but right on the Bryantville line. So it's is that the Cumbies. Like- yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, so it's like you go past the Cumbies, the set of lights into Hanson, and then you have the next set of lights where there's yeah. like the speedway or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Hanson yep. Kaya. You yep. take a left. Oh, the intersection of 27 and 58 there. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. you take a left onto 58 and then it's like fucking you pass Hanson Tire on the right. And oh, it's like I know. Literally the next building yep. right there. So okay. um, the place is freaking beautiful, dude. It's like the nicest JoJo you'll ever walk into. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, so it's it's really cool. Uh, a lot of great people there. Um, you know, anybody in that area is looking to try out some martial arts, I highly recommend that place. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's cool, man. I, I got my third degree last year. Um, and, so you uh, could kick me and Steve's ass at the same time, is what you're dude, saying? I, I've been, I've been, dude. Like I said, like I said, this I, dude I've, just said he's a third degree black belt. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fucking think he can. <laughs> I uh I've I've been doing it my whole entire life and I haven't had to fight anyone a single time. I've That's never crazy. had I've never had to fight or anything and I hope I can keep it that way, you know. But you know like, what, Sam? If you didn't know this shit, you probably have a hundred fights under your belt and you'd yeah. probably you'd probably get your ass kicked so yeah. many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause like it's like in the movie The Karate Kid, it's like, you know, uh what's you the point of discipline. karate so I can learn how to fight. Is that what you think? It's actually so I can learn so I don't have to fight. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? That's yeah. beautiful. So um, when when yeah. you when you spar, like, isn't it like 
you're not supposed to like knock the other guy out. Yeah, no, it's like we have, you know, it's, it's more contact, technical, but it's, right? it's, contro- it's controlled, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's more I'm, like the I'm, technique. I'm, you know, I'm in the ring with, um, you know, some highly trained black belts and, uh, you know, it's like they want to knock you out. They can, but it's like we're very, <laughs> con- we're, we're controlled. So it's like, you know, I, I can, I can, I can throw, I can direct a punch and like, you know, I can, I can, you know, do it. So it's not going to like actually rock the guy, but like, you know, right, but right, it, right. it can get pretty friggin' gnarly, dude. Yeah. Um, now, so is it like, like. I've done jujitsu. Is it like jujitsu when you roll with somebody? Where no, it's all it's all standing fighting. Um, you know, well, we, yeah. can t- we can do takedowns and stuff like that, but yeah, uh, it's not so much rolling around or anything like that. No, but you know how like what I'm trying to say you, is you like, go like eighty percent instead of like a hundred. Yeah. Um. Because you're not yeah, trying to oh, kill actually, the guy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, we have like <clears throat> sl- so it's like normally at a class, it's like we'll start out with slow speed sparring around the room. So it's like, you know, you got everybody just going around the room, just kind of going a little slow, just kind of testing the waters, Movements. whatever. Moving it out, just like, you know, just like doing the shadow boxing. Like, and... Kind of, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like, you know, just like, you know, if you can block slow, you can punch slow and stuff like that. It's like, if you can do all that slow, you can do it fast. So it's like, we start off with the slow speed and then we'll pick it up and everything. And then, you know, by the end of the class, it's like, you know, we're freaking wall to wall fucking (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah man it's really that's sick yeah yeah i've I've gotten punched i've gotten punched pretty hard a couple times you know just like you know one to the teeth a little bleeder and stuff like that but you don't just get three degree black belt just standing there right (laughs) i'll I'll never forget it man when i uh when i when i was going up for my brown belt uh it's actually i had my brown belt but we were going up for a brown belt and two black stripes it's like the best you can get before you go for your black belt at the age of 18 okay i was like i was like 12 at this point or something and uh i was in the sparring ring and i uh i like a lot of the people there it's like you're supposed to wear a cup but some Uh-oh. people are lazy about it. I'm, I'm, I used to be one of those people nice. too. Nice. They uh, said used to be. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to be a little lazy with it. So uh, I was going up for my brown belt and two black stripes. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, two minutes. It's two minutes in the ring going like, you know, fighting. I, I was going against my sensei and uh, he got me in the nuts. Good. Like 30 nice. seconds in. But it's like, oh, you can't no. fucking stop, bro. So it's like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, ah! I'm like oh, sucking God. wind. Like, yeah, I was like twelve, and I was like, it was like the worst nut shot. Balls in his stomach, like, oh, oh my god. god. Yeah, yeah, he got me good on that one, but uh, no, yeah, it can get pretty intense there. But everyone there, it's like we're all really trained and controlled, so it's like you know, there's never really anybody walking out of there with bloody noses or anything like that, you know. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, um, because again, I don't know much about karate. Um, is when you get, you know, your stripes and stuff like that, and your belt is in jujitsu. I know it's like. It's all about your sensei, whoever's like teaching you. It's up to them in like what's like class you're at. Is that the same with karate or is there different standards in how you earn them? Well, um, so. All right. So with children's classes um, yeah. like, un- under 18, they have a set of belts. So it's like you got your white belt, X amount of stripes, yellow belt, X amount of stripes, purple, red, uh blue and then i think they go up to brown and black so you got a good like seven belts uh to get before you get your black belt like in a children degree yeah but once once you're um once you're over 18 you go into the adult white belt classes and you start off with your white belt then you get a green bar and then you get a green belt with brown stripes and then you get your brown belt and then your black belt so it's like when oh, you're wow. yeah, so when you're over eighteen, you're only gonna get like four belts. But if you're a kid, you're gonna get like the whole 
whole nine yards, all the seven and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's like as to promotions, it's like, you know, it, it, it's like you got to you got to know a certain amount of things well mm-hmm. before you can get tested. And then once you pass the test, you get promoted. Um, so it's like, you know, um, like there's seven. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Um, Challenging your karate. Yeah, there's intellectuality. Yeah. So, oh, big word. <laughs> Fuck! I feel like an amateur now. I can't remember the exact number. Wait, let's take his black belt. <laughs> take One, his two. black belt. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. I, I'm not gonna show my sensei this way. He's gonna whoop my ass. Uh, so <laughs> there's a nut shot. <laughs> I believe there's seven. I believe there's uh yeah there's seven katas in the Weichi system, and um you know you can only learn four by the time you get your black belt. So it's like once you get your black belt, you're still learning a, a bunch of other stuff. Like you can right. only learn like like this. There's some places that you're not even allowed to watch people do certain stuff until you're a certain degree. Oh damn! You know what so, I mean? So what? They'll like cap you. Like so, when you got yours, your first one when you were a kid, right? You said you were twelve. Yeah, that's when I got my brown belt and two black stripes when I was so, twelve. Yeah. So you had to basically wait until you were nineteen before you could basically start over again as an adult. That's how I viewed it when I was a kid, and I wish I didn't view it that way. So when I got my promotion at 12, um, mm-hmm. it was the highest rank I could get before I turned 18. Yep. And I know that I was going to get switched into the adult classes, and I think me being shy had a big part to play in that, but also the mindset of like, oh, wow, I got to... I can't get a promotion for five years right? type shit. And then I got into the music thing. That's mm-hmm. like right around that same exact time as mm-hmm. when I started jamming okay. with Mark King and stuff like that. So after I got that promotion when I was 12, I regret it to this day and I never won't, but I ended up leaving the dojo for like four or five, actually more than five. I, I went through my whole high school career with no karate. I went straight into the music and that's what I did. And I didn't go back into my JoJo until 2014. Um, so Shit. four yeah, years three, after high school. Yes, because I just recently uh, left a band I was playing for in Kingston, and I remember I was driving home and I saw one of the karate instructors on his motorcycle, and I was like, I gotta go over to the dojo and at least say hi. And I knew that they've moved it to the new dojo in Hanson, so it was closer to my house. So, yeah. So I, I was I was out of there for a good like seven years at least. Yeah, um, shit. yeah. I was out. Th- I was out for a while, and uh, I ended up showing up one day in 2014, and I uh, I just went there to say hi. But I ended up leaving, signed up, and uh, they started <laughs> me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they started me off as a white belt again. But yep. since I had already, you know spent my whole childhood there i i like you know it was like riding a bicycle you know after like a month i was actually back uh, at it again back at it more so than i thought i would be and um it wasn't long until i got my brown belt back you know only a couple of months i just went right right from the white belt right back to the brown belt that's dope that's awesome and um you know about a year later is when i went up for my uh first degree promotion uh and i got that and then um after i got my first degree i I left again for a little bit. This is still like, this is still when I was active in my addiction and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, 
I like after I got my promotion from my first degree black belt, my idea of celebrating was to go to the Venus and get hammered. Like oh, yep, the Venus. So it's like, dude, I was learning all this awesome stuff in the dojo, but I wasn't applying it to the streets like I should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so it's like I was in and out for a little while after I got my first degree and then then fast forward to when me and Kelsey got sober and then me and her signed up, we got back into it and we've been kicking butt ever since. Um, mm. you know. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's good shit. Sammy, so, uh, I gotta I gotta bring I gotta bring something up before we wrap it up. A few things up before we wrap it up. Shoot, but, bro. So I was talking to someone, you know the band Moss Tongue? Say that Local? again? Moss Tongue? Yeah, that sounds really familiar. They're the Pembroke boys. They're like graduated oh. like four years or five years lower. Oh, than really? No shit, year. huh? Pembroke yeah. boys, huh? Yeah. Um, All right. I'll have, to, I'll have to check them out. Yeah, like they're like a pop punk band. They're like title fight and shit okay. like that. Um, But I was talking to one of the, um, the band members. I think the lead singer's girlfriend. She came into the gym where I, where I was working at, covered in tattoos, gauges. And I was just like, I got to talk to this chick. And she comes up to me randomly before I even say anything. She's like, "You're the empty space guy, aren't you?" And I was like, "Whoa, this is weird." Whoa, I was like, "Yeah, dude, it was weird." <laughs> nice, it was. I've been badass. I haven't what said a fuck? fucking, haven't said a word to her ever in my life. And I, I planned on hopefully talking to her. And she's like, "Oh, you're that guy that does the empty space pot." He's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Do you know Moss Tongue?" Blah, blah blah. She starts telling me about it. So we start talking, and then she told me, and I, I just want to confirm with you. She said Scarecrow Hill is still a thing. Hell yeah, they're fucking what? grinding, bro. I'd, what what I, I thought they died back when Whoa. like Cold Reed would play and shit. What yeah, happened, man. dude? They fucking stuck that shit out there. They're fucking. I have to give them props, man. They've been fucking grinding since I first got like before I even got into the music scene, mm-hmm. and they've been pushing out albums, bro. Like they are fucking killing it. Um, and they also have a couple new members too. One of them being my good friend Nikki. Um, mm-hmm. she was a good friend of mine back when I was in Blacklight Sunrise back in the day. And um, it's just that small. Is it small... Nikki Smalls? Yeah. Nikki Smalls is my girl, dude. Yeah, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, she works out at uh, Elite Health and Fitness in Stoughton with me. That's fucking funny, man. She's she, awesome. Yeah, because she does yeah. two. She does her own bit. Isn't that like two bands that are basically the same people? Yeah, Bayside High and Scarecrow Hill. Bayside yeah, High, is the, they do the covers and stuff. So they go to the bars and make money doing covers and stuff. I, I would assume. And um, then they got Scarecrow Hill. But yeah, dude, Scarecrow Hill is very hardworking, man. They uh. I think they've dropped like fucking two albums in the past, like at least two years. Like they've, and they have a lot of songs on those albums too. And they're really good. Um, That's wild. I just remember, didn't I just remember back in the day, dude, I didn't know they were still a thing. That's fucking wild. That is so cool, dude. They were supposed to be on uh, our Manchester show on the born dead tour with Zan. No shit. uh, Yeah. And I, I think they still played it with dropout Kings, but we were stuck in Texas still. So we didn't get to play it. Wow. So we're still trying to set something up one of these days because I'd love to get on stage with those guys again. Some hip hop death rock, bud. Yeah, That's yeah, fucking but, yeah, dude. So fucking, sick. if you haven't heard, definitely check out their um their new album. I think it's like Never Say Die or something. Hold on. Yeah, their newest album is called Never Say Die, and uh, they got uh, they yeah, they got some good features on there. They got shit with like uh um, Twisted and like Blaze Your Dead Homie, like all the cool no like shit. fucking. Um, all the um, what was ICP's record label? Fucking um. Oh, I don't remember, dude. Oh, uh, that's not a fucking psychopathic. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's like they they they're like friends with all those guys and stuff. So they're like banging out bomb music. 
That's hilarious, dude. That's no shit. Yeah, I was yeah. I was just talking to Nikki the other day, dude, because like we were yeah, talking about Rob, Rob Sauer so nice. and his band and shit, and Hailmit and all that fucking stuff. Yeah, dude. He's and Rob Sauer's been killing it too, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah, he is. Rob's my boy, dude. Dude, he got He's to play with it. fucking um, was it regulate? Not with Wake regulate. Was it regulate? Who did he play with? No, it wasn't. He. <sighs> no, fuck, whatever, it was, dude. Um, Pummel. Because was, was it Pummel's Pummel? last show? Yeah, it was because. Remember you met? Oh yeah, it was Pummel's last show. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Because what's his name? The drummer for the band he's in is my barber. Oh, that's dope. Oh shit! I forget, I forget his fucking name, dude. I don't know half the people's names that I'm talking about, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, I wanted to I wanted to tell you, um, Cam misses you and he loves you. I told him that you were coming oh, on, dude. Oh, it was so funny, man. I was fucking walking down the street like a year ago. Me and my girl, we, me and Kels, we were walking to Donkeys to get some like, like, uh, coffee and shit. And like, I didn't know how far of a walk it was from where I'm at. Like, I thought it was gonna be like a ten minute walk. Ended up being like thirty minutes one way and the other way back. Anyway, yeah. so we're walking back to my house. We got like coffee in our hands. I got a bag of food, and I hear this truck honk and speed past me. And like, <laughs> I, I see like these three dudes like looking at me and shit. And then I'm like, what the fuck? And then I saw him pull onto a street, and I was like. Damn, I'm about to get fucking jumped. <laughs> Next thing you know, I see fucking Cam come up like, hey! <laughs> like, uh, I was like, oh shit, it's fucking Cam Bray. Uh, That's the shit. Yeah, I thought I was about to like get in a fight or some shit, and then it ends up being Cam, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> no, that's that karate you would have had to use. Oh um, man, not at six in the morning, dude. No. <laughs> I haven't even had time to in. stretch yet. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he says, what's up, man? We we started our own band about a month ago. Um, no shit, dude. Yeah, I met some kid in, uh, at my old work at Fit Factory. Um, his name's Mike, and he plays guitar. And we uh, we practice every Friday, usually. And we try to do Sundays, but it's been iffy. But we um, there's a, there's a it's like a three piece slash four piece. We got a bass player that sometimes is able to come, sometimes not. But he's been shredding on the fucking drums, dude. We've been nice. loving the shit. We're trying to do some local shows this summer. Hopefully we already got like four songs down pack easy. Um, but yeah, he just wanted to say hi. And then he also said, if you know anyone selling an electric drum kit, send it his way. Let him know. Uh, I literally have an electric drum set that I'm trying to sell. Well, shit, dude, let, let fucking, you uh, have his know. number. Do you have his number? Uh, I don't know if I have his number, but I got him on Facebook. Hit him up on Facebook. Yeah, he. Yeah. Literally, we were talking last uh, Friday at band practice, and he was just saying like, uh, "Yeah, I have a really nice role in TD Seventeen. The only reason why I want to sell it is because I want to upgrade it, but uh, yeah. it's a fucking mint kit, dude, and things bar- like it barely used." So, no shit. Yeah, he's I'll, looking. I'll hit him up. Yeah, yeah I'll hit he's... him up, and I'll talk to him. Word, word. That's badass that you guys are jamming though. Get a couple. Uh, once you guys are ready to get to uh, playing shows, we'll get you guys on a saving vice bill. Dude, that'll be. We will literally shit our dicks. It'll be okay. so sick, bro. We're like. It's it's just like we're just having fun, man. We're doing like title fight and Tiger's Draw covers, and we're doing our own shit. And like it's it's just super fun, man. And like we're just like this the scene of people we know has just been awesome. And and yeah, man, I would love that in the future for when oh, that yeah, when dude. that's when that's possible. Awesome. And then once I'm around, I'd love to come check out a band practice too. That'd be sick, dude. Yeah, bro. You can. Oh man, yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be so. Sick. It's right in uh, fucking um. Where do we play? Right off uh. The old Kingston exit near uh, Pure Hockey, the Bog. I don't know what exit that was, exit but 10. exit ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We play five minutes from there. The dude's house is down the street. He's got a big ass basement and shit, so it's good cool, stuff. Dude. It's only oh, yeah. like one exit away from where I'm at. 
that's what I'm saying. So not bad, bro. So cool. Yeah, Batch, you got anything else, bud? No, man. I uh, I don't. Shit. Well, Sam, you got anything uh, for us before we we have you plug your shit? I yeah. absolutely love you guys. I'm, oh, it's always <laughs> a pleasure when I'm on here, man. I just love hanging out, shooting the shit with you guys. Um, oh, yeah, man. You know, it's just awesome to see that you know, like you guys are still crushing it with the podcast. Two years later, I'm still crushing it with the sobriety. You know, it looks like we're all just everything's working out for all of us right now. So, all oh, yeah. good. Sure. Yeah. So sa- saving saving vice, uh, they got their tour starting off. They got a whole month ahead of them of freaking basically shows every fucking day. End of winter, baby. Woo! Shit. Oh yeah. So plug plug your shit, baby. Let everyone know where they can catch Saving Vice. Any solo shit you got, whatever the fuck you want to put out. Oh man, well everybody, the end of winter tour. Start I, and really quick, I really wish we named this the end of winter, but ah, <laughs> I like we what you dropped did. the ball. Oh. We dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're gonna be hitting the West Coast. We're starting off in Sacramento, California. We're gonna be making our way all the way down to San Diego, Anaheim. We're gonna hit up Arizona. We're gonna, you know, we're coming back to Texas. We're gonna hang out with all you guys down in Texas. Got Tennessee. Um, you know, coming back down to Florida, my favorite state. I'll be moving down there one day. Um, you <laughs> know, one hundred percent. I fucking love that state, man. Same here. Um, but uh, you know, and then everybody on the east side, we're gonna hit up uh, Maryland. We'll be in Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, New York, well, Jersey, Pennsylvania, well, not Ohio. Basically, you know, whatever state you're in, hit up SavingVice.com/tour. I'm sure you'll see a date close enough to you. Hell yeah. Nope. No Massachusetts date. No, there's no Massachusetts. I tried, dude. I tried getting us at Soundcheck Studios, bro. Oh, I, I want to get dude. us there so bad. Yeah, dude. Man. Yeah, that would be that would be sick. We're supposed to play there. Just the open mic that they have, dude. That fucking nice. dude. You would. Oh my god, that would be so sick. But you will yeah. be at the Jewel. I'll be coming yeah, to that. We'll be at the Jewel, man. Yeah, fucking, yeah, man. Absolutely. Last time we were there, I saw driveways and calling all captains, uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, so. maybe this time we can try to do that full band interview with you guys. That'd be sweet. yeah, 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 yeah. I, dude, it's all good, man. That we'll definitely make it happen at some point in the future. Fuck yeah, but, dude. buddy, I am very proud of you from how far you've come and how you know how amazing that you keep this positive attitude and how fucking awesome it is that you're helping people and they're helping you and you you found this this job that isn't even a job to you, man. It's just like a blessing and dis- blessing and and saving vice is just kicking ass and and I, I you know. I've known you for a long time, man, and I'm just so fucking proud of you and happy for you, dude. Yeah, right back at you, bro. I fucking love you, man. Love you too, buddy. Feelings All mutual, right. man. Super yeah, I love you too, you, back. Keep it up with the sobriety, brother. Yeah, you too, man. It's like I said, once I awesome. get back, man, we'll fucking uh, we'll go. Yeah, we'll raid the do- we'll raid the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be in the back. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, man. All right, Let's Sammy. Get it. All right, buddy. Yeah. All right, guys, have a good night. I'll see you later. Peace. Eyes up. I love how he does that. That makes me happy. Eyes up. What a fucking, what a charmer. I'm so, uh, I'm so glad we had this, like, sobriety episode, so to speak. Um, Yeah, that was cool. Where he got to open up about, like, you know how vulnerable he is which is awesome and then what he's doing for others and then you two can kind of like talk back and forth about like you know sobriety and like the yeah. ins and outs of it which was super cool insight yeah it's cool too to like to link it to um depression and, and mental health because that's really it was when when matt asked us that 
if there's a correlation between it. Oh and, yeah, that's right, buddy. Like yeah, hundred percent. Like if you asked Sam if he was depressed or anxious, I mean, he said he was paranoid. Like yeah, you know what I mean. You drink to fill that void, and like there is no like that. There's not enough alcohol in the world to fill that hole. Like yep. you know, so it's cool that like you know we can talk about that, but then you can th- throw in the mental health aspect of it, which is a hundred percent there in all three of us. You know, we all just handle it different ways, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was very true. Yeah. We uh we tried to pick up the bottle. You uh dealt with it your way, you know? Mm-hmm. You go to the gym. Now yep. me and Sam have to find a different way besides boozing, you know? Yeah. So and that's uh what this this podcast is, what hockey is, what you know, everything else in my life is is like uh it's an outlet. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's cool to to have those talks with people and like you can have like you know it, it it's like the same thing with like with mental health like me and you can have conversations about how we're feeling certain days and like what's bothering us and we can like talk each other through it and like because we've been there we've gone through it we've talked about it on here like if you haven't really been there you can't really relate to it it's the same with addiction mm-hmm like alcoholism, whatever you were addicted to, you can, you just relate on a different level. Like I can talk to you about stuff, but you're like, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't understand that itch for booze, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like me with me and you with OCD. I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. You have to switch the light off six times before you can go to bed. I don't like, I don't, you know? Yeah. I, I hear you. I get it, but I don't like, I'm like, I don't, that doesn't happen to me. I don't know. I just turn the light off and go to bed. Like, yeah. You know, you could probably, if you wanted to, I don't know, but like you could probably go to the bar, have one beer and be good. Yeah. Whereas like people like me and Sam, we can't go just have one. It's a hundred percent pedal to the metal. So Mm -hmm. it was definitely cool to have that talk. And I'm super proud of him for doing the um, recovery stuff at high point. That's fucking, that's huge. That's awesome. That's so like, that's so sick, man. Like that's part of like why me and you started this, you know? Yeah. Like to help people and ourselves at the same time. And like, it's just, it's just awesome to see him doing that. And he seems so much happier. Oh yeah. Doing that like fulfilled. Yeah. He just, yeah. Like, it's not like work to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, I, uh, I think that's why, like, I think that's why I like asking that question at the end of like, you know, health what health. are, yeah. What are some tools? Because that, the tools are outlets, you know, right. they're, they're outlets. And like, what do you do to basically make the shit go away? And yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's dope. It's cool. I love, get. I love that question so much. It's like, you get so many different, so many different answers from people. Mm-hmm. Like, cause everyone's got their own different thing that they do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but at the end of the day, it's like the same thing too. It's like find something you love to do and find something that like, you know, brings you joy. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like John Ryan goes for drives and listens to music, which is like what me and you do. You know, Tyler from Youth Fountain goes and does his woodworking stuff. Sam plays drums. Sam goes to work and helps people. Like that's it's all different. It's all different shit. But at the end of the day, it's something that you can turn the thoughts off with yeah and that's all that matters you go to the gym we both play hockey we both do this 
You know, it's it's just anything that you can do to to shut the negative thoughts off. Even if it, like you said, even if it's just for a couple of hours, just to get that relief for a little while. Mm-hmm. And you know, they do come back sometimes. I mean, shit, like you can go have the best night in the world at hockey, and then the mm-hmm. next morning you wake up and you're like, well, life sucks again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go to the gym for two hours, you're good for three or four hours, and then you sit down for dinner and you're like. I burnt my chicken. Everything sucks. Like, yeah, it's something as simple as that, man. And it, it's just like you just gotta keep, keep showing up, keep grinding, keep fighting, and keep keep going, man. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's the biggest thing. But yeah, so uh, when this drops, we're a week away from D Day. Yep, week away from the big wedding. Yes, sir. You getting excited, pal? Oh yeah, <laughs> very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stressed out. Nah, I'm just ready for it to be over. <laughs> ready to be in Vermont on my mini moon. Yeah, dude. Sitting in the fucking trees. Yep, absolutely. Where in Vermont are you going? Uh, right next to the border, like five minutes from the border. I forget the name. Of Canada. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. That's dope. Yeah. You gonna go to Canada? I don't know. We might do a day or like a couple hours or whatever. You got to bring your passport. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. No contraband either allowed in Canada. Or fruits. What? Can't bring fruits. So, like, if you eat a banana on the way up there, you're fucked? No, you just can't bring it in. (laughs) Because fruits grow on the ground, which would then contract some sort of insects or other diseases that they could bring over to another country. So then how do they get, like, apples and bananas to... to Canada, bro. I don't know because Canada's cold. You can't grow apples and bananas in Canada. Canada's not always cold. So what do you grow apples for like three months out of the year? Not, right, dude. I don't know. Now you got to grow a lot of apples, and you got to make sure that they're preserved correctly, or you're in some serious trouble. I don't know, man. They got mad apples up there. Macintosh, various red types of delicious. Northern Spy, Spartan, Buddy. Portland, Gala, Golden Delicious. What's your favorite apple? Green apple. All day. Granny Smith? Give me that granny. Okay. Fucking devour that shit. Macintosh for me. Macintosh for some... You just mentioned it. It's the first red one you mentioned. It's a red apple. Oh, it's the deep, dark red apple? Yeah, but it's like more round. You know, there's like a red delicious that's kind of like shaped like a pepper almost. Yeah. Well, these are the fancy ones. (laughs) Um, With a little bit of peanut butter. Oh, oh yeah. Sweet Lord, dude. That's the way to go. Mm. I recently rediscovered celery and peanut butter. Oh, those are that's actually pretty good. I like it. It's yeah, basically it's just peanut butter and water. Water. But... Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah. So oh, yeah. we're uh we're done here. We are. I uh I got a request from Sammy. We're gonna go out with culling kindness. Oh, we forgot to ask him. Yeah, I texted him, so Okay. That's a request yeah. right there. So, Culling Kindness, that's going to go hard as fuck in your eardrum. So, play this fucking yeah, loud because this shit yeah. is heavy as fuck. It is. And it's not like, you know, the heavy we talk about with Belmont. This is a different type of heavy. Yeah. This is so. cool. As you'll get from the intro. But, yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. So, All right. we will see you next week where we get back into... Much anticipated, most positive episode we're ever going to do, part two of California. 
Yay. Steve's super excited about this one, as you can tell. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, all right, kids. We will talk to you next week, then. All right. Here's Calling Kindness by Saving Vice, our friend Sam Ophelia. Bye-bye. <laughs>